Hello, I'm Karen Long. You're listening to The Asterix, a production of the Annisfield Wolf Book Awards. An asterix is a reference mark indicating an omission. Today, we are figuring out some of the holes in our knowledge with the matchless poet, Marilyn Chin, a Californian by way of Hong Kong, with an Oregon childhood mixed in. Professor Chin won an Annisfield Wolf Book Award in 2015 for Hard Love Province, her fourth collection of poetry. It contains love, eroticism, and grief, as well as a poem that I believe the poet will read for us now. Formosan Elegy for Charles. You have lived six decades and you have lived none. You have loved many and you have loved no one. You wedded three wives, but you lie in your cold bed alone. You sired four children, but they cannot forgive you. Knock at emptiness, a house without your love. Strike the pine box, no answer, all hollow. You planted plums near the gate, but they bear no fruit. You raised herbs in the veranda, fresh and savory. I cry for you, but no sound wells up in my throat. I sing for you, but my tears have dried in my gullet. Walk the old dog, give the budgies a cool bath. Cut a tender melon, let it bleed into memory. The robe you washed hangs like a carcass flayed. The mug you loved is stained with old coffee. Your toothbrush is silent, grease mums your comb. Something's lost, something's made strong. Around the corner, a new prince yearns to be loved. A fresh turn of phrase, a bad strophe erased. A random image crafts itself into a poem. A sleepless Taipei night, a mosquito's symphony. Who will cry for you, me and your sister Colette? Who will cry for you, me and your Algerian sister? You were a rich man, but you held on to your poverty. You were a poor man who loved gold over dignity. I sit near your body bag and sing you a last song. I sit near your body bag and chant your final sutra. What's our place on earth? Nada, nada, nada. What's our destiny? War, grief, maggots, nada. Arms, cheeks, cock, femur, eyelids, nada. Cow, ox, lamb, vellum, marrow, nada. Vova, nada. Semen, nada. Ovum, nada. Eternity, nada. Heaven, nada. Void, nada. Birth and death, the same blackened womb. Birth and death, the same white body bag. Deta enter the world alone. Detach, detach, we leave the world bone lonely. If we can't believe in God, we must believe in love. We must believe in love. We must believe in love. And they zip you up in your white body bag white body bag, white, white body bag. Gracious. Oh, dear. <laughs> it's 
Marilyn, you are the poet of the wisdom that we are all temporarily here. I, I, the nation is going through a catastrophe. Uh, 200,000 people, over 200,000 people, Americans dead because of COVID and counting. Millions have lost their jobs and the streets are teeming with social protests because of the murder of George Floyd and others. Climate change is devastating the nation and with floods and fires. I, I've been coughing all morning because I live in San Diego and I, I smell the, the burning wood. Um, we're going through a catastrophic time. So I know this, this poem is really sad and mournful, but I feel that we need to mourn the nation. We need to mourn the world and get the guy out of the White House. Well, that's getting to it. I love the um, line, your toothbrush is silent. Grease mums your comb. Something's lost, something's made strong. That is vivid and it's particular. And in some ways it's bearable because it's particular. We've all seen that comb. We've all known someone who was here and not. Yeah, they leave objects and impressions behind. They leave the impression on the bed, the pillow, the comb, the, yes, yes. toothbrush. It's, um, um, I, I, I find, you know, uh, old, an old, I find an old shirt or a, um, uh, or an old book with that, that sort of reeks with memory and sadness. And yeah, I, um, yeah, it's a, it's a very sad time. And I, and we're all grieving. Uh, we're all grieving for, for the people we've lost and, um, and, and a world we lost, um, of the world feeling of sick, the, the feeling of safety. Um, so I hope things get better soon. And what does naming the thing that terrorizes us do for us? Yes, um, we have to speak truth to power, but also, what's, uh, you know, we're all, I'm an, uh, we're all world feminists. Personal is political. I mean, Absolutely, and and the story of this man's life and death. This was, um, it, I lost, um, you know, my mother, my grandmother, two boyfriends within like like a fifteen year period. I was mourning for a long time. I was very sad for a long time, and and yes, we have to speak to grief. Uh, we can't deny it. We can't pretend it doesn't exist. We can't pretend that these 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 deaths didn't happen. Like, I mean, the, this um, the, the administration's in denial. I just um, so I think it's very important to speak truth to power and to to the to our personal and political situations. It seems the naming is so fundamental to the beginning of holy books and the act of poetry. You know, this cry, say her name, just raises the hairs on the back of my neck. That is, she is lost to us, but she is with us if we speak her. That's right. We, we have to say their names. Yeah, we have to. 
we have to name the problem. We have to name what needs to be done. I mean, it's just, we're just um, in deep denial. I mean, millions are without work, without jobs. And, and these are real people with names. Um, right. And the white body bag, are these anonymous? No, they all have names. I mean, they, um, the people within those body bags have names. They're just not, you know, they're, they're just not um, uh, garaged in, in, the, in these uh, care homes. I just, mm -hmm. it's, um, it's very heartbreaking what's going on right now. Very heartbreaking. And the special cruelty of letting elders know they're extraneous. And I've had several dear friends say, I have, I get the message. I don't matter. That's right. That's, I, it's just, it's, and I'm get, we're getting to that age. <laughs> yeah, you and I are on the threshold. Age. We're the sage age. <laughs> yeah. So I feel in this moment, Adrian Rich is with you. You know, she is one of the elders. And I know that she wrote the theater of anger in your poetry, that it is to be grasped. And, you know, the fierce and tender line that you execute. And so when I was rereading Hard Love Province, I noticed you began with Adrian saying, the door itself makes no promises. Oh, Adrian, she was one of my mentors. I used to have dinner with her once a year and um, I used to meet her in, in LA, her, her um, son and, grands, and get grandchildren live in LA. And and I I used I visited her at uh, and Michelle at um, um, at their house a beautiful house um, they cooked me uh, uh, they they in Santa Cruz and they and they cooked me a beautiful seafood stew I just remember that I'm so moved but you know she she was so important to me she said um, that we must read and write as if our life depended on it and and she loved poetry so deeply and uh, uh you know there are all these people who hate poetry i can't believe it. i she loved poetry and she really felt that poetry could change the world god bless her because I, I feel that that's that, that that is so optimistic um yes i think i think um i always i often begin uh, the poem as a love poem and with these two poems I begin as as elegies to the beloved but but they always open up to these larger concerns that that upset me you know <laughs> that really um, um, speak to me and uh, and so and so the per you know that mantra of the personal and the uh, melding with the political is a, is very important to me and um and i continue to have you know to to hear audrey and rich in my in my brain that um um that it is uh, it, poetry is not a luxury as yeah it it's uh, it's important it's important to 
to write out our feelings too. Um, and one of the things I cherish about your sensibility, Marilyn, is that you are unapologetically political and you experience it, and I as your reader experience that, not as a diminishment, but as a urgency that makes this not a piece of embroidery, that makes it go toward the largest questions. So thank you for that and for modeling that for us. Well, thank you. As you can see, by my, I love embroidery as well. <laughs> I wear my nice silks. <laughs> I don't, this is this is a joke between Karen and Karen and myself because she likes my jackets. <laughs> but, Obsessed. <laughs> but um, um, yes, it's yeah, it's the urge. Yeah, um, poetry could must work on many levels for for it to be profound, and 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 sometimes it's subtle, sometimes it's in your face, sometimes it's filled with beautiful embroidery, sometimes it shouts out with urgency. So it's, and sometimes they do, they do, it does all that at once, simultaneously. Right, the many registers that it allows one. And I love knowing that you were born in a cold water flat in Hong Kong in 1955, and your grandmother carried you reciting poetry. That the first music was this language um, that she held to your skin. Oh yes, that's that's a beautiful image. She did hold, she, she had those pouches on the back, right? And we, she carried me around um, in a very bad neighborhood filled with, <laughs> I don't know, prostitutes and, and really you know shady characters but but she used to sing Chinese poetry to me and and um, she was illiterate but she had memorized hundreds of poems and, and Confucius um, uh, sayings and so forth she was you know she she reminded she reminds us that poetry has its oral, comes from an oral tradition as well, as well as a written tradition that is ancient. And, and everybody uh, can have, you know, can embrace it. Uh, whether you can read it on the page or not, you, you can hear it. It's, uh, she, she was remarkable that way. She, uh, she yes, I, I owe so much to my grandmother. But she was and mean it, too. <laughs> she was mean to you. No poetry camp for you. <laughs> oh my gosh! Oh, she had this little, little uh, duster. Oh boy, she used to hit us with her little duster. <laughs> and yet, it's hard to imagine you crossing the Pacific Ocean and absorbing that shock without her. That's right. She, she was, uh, she was a strong matriarch. Uh, actually, the matriarchs in my family kept the family together. It's uh, she was very important. Well, it was ever thus, right? <laughs> she was. So, let's think about this year and what are you thinking about Hong Kong? Is it is 
as imperiled as it's ever been in your lifetime. Oh my, I'm, I'm going to read at their uh, 20th uh, anniversary book fair and uh, uh, which, yeah, um, in November and, um, and, and the, and I'm going to, you know, uh, the um, high school students are, are going to have this uh, wonderful con poetry contest called Urban Love Poem Contest, af named after one of my poems. And, and they're going to uh, write a love poem to Hong Kong. I think Hong Kong needs a love poem right now. It's, um, it's very sad. I, um, I don't know. I think, I think China is an evolving space, and and all yeah nations, um, and um, the U America is an evolving nation. I mean, we. It's hard to know what's going to happen. I, hopefully, hopefully, someone else, you know. Uh, will will take over or or maybe um there will be wisdom <laughs> and and there'll be wisdom and and ideas change or um but it's it's very strange um i don't know what to say about hong kong i i feel so sad for them um but definitely democracy is put on on the back burner it seems to be on its heel around the world that's right. It's um, it's uh, it's very sad, but but let's be hopeful. I, I just let's be hopeful. Let's make this nation as well. Let's be hopeful. I don't um, may, go out and vote. And Hong Kong has lost. You know, the, they they've lost their voice in the voting system, in, in the in the system. So so uh, we, we have this. We have the vote. We, we have the freedom of choice. Let's, let's make those choices. Um, yes, it's... Um, and I, I, in the making of the choice, perhaps there'll be a path so Hong Kong is less alone. If our leadership changes, perhaps that yeah. will happen. Yes, there, there might be dialogue and... Um, yes, there... There might be enlightenment, for goodness sakes. Um, there might not. And now we'll pause for a short break. The Asterix is a project of the Cleveland Foundation to bring more readers and listeners into conversation with the best writers in English. In this case, recipients of the Annisfield Wolf Book Award. We now return to the conversation. One thing though, Marilyn, that has to keep your partner the flame is the privilege you've had to teach around the world. You've taught in Hong Kong and Singapore and Beijing and Sydney and Berlin and at Smith College and now you're teaching at Beloit in Wisconsin. So what does it mean to be proximate to that youth and beauty for you? Oh my, I, I'm really enjoying my teaching in my, in my sage. <laughs> Era, <laughs> yes, the youth, they, they, you know, especially undergraduates, they just, they write, they're just so uninhibited, you know, and they, um, and they really teach me about beginner's mind, best mind. There's something, you know, by the time you get to graduate school, 
the students are very proper and they want to be, you know, get famous. They want to write, <laughs> they want to be part of the scene. But these undergraduates, they just write, oh gosh, they're just, uh, they're filled with fire and invention and, and, uh, and, you know, and, and pimply love, you know, whatever yes. it is. <laughs> and, and they, you know, um, um, at yeah, I, I, at Smith College, I took a class on hip hop dancing with one of the kids, at uh, and I uh, and I took drumming. I mean, so, I, and and yeah, I just I, and I uh, also taught at DePaul, so I'm getting these really sweet Midwestern kids. I, I just I, I I adore them. They're they're really wonderful and. They keep me young. I don't have my own, I don't have children. So, so these are my children. Yeah. And, and they're filled with excuses and, <laughs> and, and whatever. They're just, <laughs> but they're great. They're great. So I, you know, they keep me young. They keep uh, me on my feet and, and, and they, and trying new things like drumming. Why I wanted, you know, I, you know, I, and also world beat, you know, uh, and and I, I was chasing this Cumbria band at the border because, you know, <laughs> because I got into Shakira and, uh, oh. and you know, <laughs> and I want to shake my booty. I'm, you know, I'm learning so much from these kids. And it's important to have friends of different ages. And it really is. I think that's- Neighborhoods, yeah, and di diverse neighborhoods and different, classes and yeah it's just uh it's great yeah a friend of mine in cleveland says that the poverty he feels most keenly is intergenerational that unless you go to church or some kind of worship we lead very age segregated lives all to our great deficit yeah that's right um yeah and also uh zumba dancing i mean <laughs> I mean, all kinds of people Zumba dancing. It's and, true. And then I, I tried to learn uh, t uh, do kung fu, but I, I'm I'm a big chicken. I didn't want to do any sparring. But <laughs> but Tai Chi you meet a different set of people. I mean, so so get out of the your own neighborhood. Get out of your own skin. Um, it's it's uh, it's really. Uh, it's really fun. I mean, I, yeah. Um, it's and it makes sense that you'd be attracted to music because from the jump, your poetry has Chinese music, um, American blues. It's there. That's right. It's it's so important to have a good ear to to uh, um, to train our ears. It's. Um, yeah, it all feeds into the muse, to <laughs> all feeds the poem. Do you want to give us another poem now? Oh, okay, I'm gonna read. This one is called Beautiful Boyfriend for Don Longwolf, 1958 to 2011. My skiff is made of spice wood. My oars are cassia bracked. Music flows from bow to starboard. Early Mozart, cool side of cold train. 
and miles and miles of miles. Cheap California Merlot and my new boyfriend. My beautiful boyfriend, please shave your head at the Miramar Barbershop. Take the tonsure, bow toward the earth, prostrate and praise, breathe in the goddess's potent citron. Bullet, don't shoot him, he's my draft horse. Night scope, don't pierce him, he's my love stock. Sniper, who are you? High on the roof, stop for a slow cigarette, let him escape. If I could master the nine doors of my body and close my heart to the cries of suffering, perhaps I could love you like no other, float my mind toward the other side of hate. The shanty towns of Tijuana sing for you. The slums of Little Sudan hold evening prayer. One dead brown boy is a tragedy. 10,000 is a statistic. So let's fuck my love until the dogs pass. All beautiful boyfriends are transitory. They have no souls, their shiny brown flesh. Tomorrow they'll turn into purple festering corpses, fissured gored by myriad flies. My boyfriend drives up in his late Humvee, says, we're going to hunt Bin Laden. We'll sleep in caves of most wild hair and rise to praise the bright red sun. I, once a beloved spotted ox, now I've become a war horse of hate. I pulled the lorries of 10,000 corpses before I myself was finally flayed. Down the Irati River, you lay yourself to sleep. No sun, no moon, no coming, no going, no causality, no personality, no hunger, no thirst. Skyward to anger Wat, beyond Jackhan Lhasa, you were floating on a giant stupa, waiting for our Lord. Malarial deltas, typhoidal keys, tsunamis don't judge, calamity grieves no one. The poor will be submerged, the rich won't be saved. Purge the innocent, sink the depraved. You push down my hand with your bony hand. The fox hair brush lifts and bends. You sigh, there's no revision in this life. One bad stroke and all is gone. What do I smell but the perfume of transience, crushed calyxes, rotting phloem? Let's write pretty poems, pretty poems, pretty poems, mastel pogroms with a sweet whip of oblivion. I got rid of the last, last quatrain in my new book, in my selected. <laughs> I didn't think that he wanted, he hated the military. He was in the military, but I don't think he wanted the, the gun salute. So I, <laughs> I changed sure? my mind about that. <laughs> I'm sure he thanks you. 
it feels so contemporaneous to read that now. Yeah, yeah. Well, um, I wrote it 10 years ago, and um, he died in 2011. And, and yeah, that one dead brown boy is a tragedy. 10,000 is a statistic. That is so true now. You know, uh, this is the thing with poems. We write them at, you know, I wrote this to mourn um, my beloved Don Lone Wolf, who's, who was of uh, the, um, 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 the Ute Mountain tribe. And he had, dark, he had dark brown skin. I wrote this poem mourning him and mourning his tribe and his people, but it's, Hatred never stop ends. Oppression never ends. Um, the uh, the death of black and brown bodies. The uh, never ends. So I just uh, it's uh, unfortunately unfortunately it's um, it's relevant today. And uh, um, and I'm I'm going to read it more now. I want to. Um, it is a way to remember yes. him and also um, speak, you know, speak truth to power to what's happening today. Yes. And there is an ancient call in your poem. I remember at 9-11, I was around Robert Pinsky and that th these destabilizing events, of course, make us ask, what's the point? And I asked him if he thought there would be poems from 9-11. And he said, those poems of 9-11 are already written. And at first I didn't understand him, but he repeated that for me. And in the, there is a comfort in the cycle, even of tragedy, that, that people, people endure or they don't. But as you write, there's another cycle. There's another young person. Right. It's um, yeah. The poems are living history, and uh, and um, as yeah, um, as Audre Lorde says, they're they're necessary. They're um, they're just not luxuries. And 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 it's it's just amazing that um, that um, I wrote this poem you know, um, yes. over 10 years ago, around, yeah, 2011, or nine, nine or um, shortly after he died. And, um, and yes, um, and some of the anti-war poems are still relevant today. Um, it's, um, it's unfortunate, but, but these, um, these horrible events continue, these catastrophes continue. Um, a friend of mine who works all the time on trying to interrupt the catastrophes and is working on Black Lives Matter says to me when she's feeling the most despair, she reminds herself that these things aren't inevitable, that we built them. They're human constructions and therefore we can take them. Yes, we 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 must be hopeful. We must, yeah, be hopeful. Um, it's, it's she's younger than we are. Oh, yeah. 
But I think they're doing the work. (laughs) Absolutely. Because we don't want her to be having this conversation 30 years from now. And we don't want her children to be having this conversation. So the, the poetry gives me solace because of the naming, because of the facing of the fact and the way the beauty allows you to hold on to what is pain. That's, that's very, yeah, that's an eloquent way to put it. Um, the, yes, it's, yeah, as a writer, it's hard, you know, um, it's hard to know which poems will survive. And, and um, you know, uh, my poem, how I got that name, I, ha- I have to read all the time. I know you do. Because people just, they want to hear it. And, and especially young Asian Americans, they feel like that's, that poem is like a rallying cry. That poem, yes. uh, and, it, and as you say, it name, it's a naming poem. You know, it, it, uh, it places this Chinese American girl into the world. It, it, uh, it names her. Uh, and, and so, um, so it's, it, it, it's wonderful how, how the poems are passed through the ages and yes. how they, um, how they, you know, I, people are worried about whether the poetry will survive because books uh, is, uh, you know, they're worried that books may not survive. But I see my poems floating in, in, in the web and people sharing them. And so I... Um, they fit like hats on the YouTube. It, you don't have to read a book and you can have how I got this name. And I also will always love that Bill Moyers having you write about, read the floral apron. Oh, and yeah. people sent you aprons. That's right. I mean, it was just, um, they said, yeah, they just, it, it's, it's wonderful. It's wonderful how, um, yeah, poetry is important and, and, and they'll float around. They'll float around to Mars maybe. <laughs> and beyond <laughs> and even as you make it important Marilyn you're mocking it with pretty poem pretty poem <laughs> you get your cake and then you eat it well I you know I I'm oh, some of these poems are so serious and dark that I want to <laughs> that you know I, you know my personality I like to laugh and I'm kind of I, I I, I love comedy. You know, I think I'm, I'm you know, Margaret Cho or something. <laughs> <laughs> but I, I um, so I can, I, I make, you know, um, I, once in a while, I just take a moment of levity and, and, you know. You remember, change the register. It's beautiful. <laughs> yes, it just, um, I remember at the, at the ceremony, I I I, te- I tease the Skip Gates about <laughs> my X-ray that I could. <laughs> He's still recovering. It's he looked bad. out at the stage and he said, "Marilyn, you bad." <laughs> I, I guess there's some very important reverends on the <laughs> in the audience. Very important church church, church people. Church people. Yep. Yeah. 
They're still talking about it too. And you insisting on female sexuality, in fact, female sexuality with um, gray or white pubic hair, it just brought the house down. <laughs> well, I know, I, I'm just, I'm a little mischievous. A little? <laughs> I can't help it. So. Well, somewhere your grandmother is scolding and smiling with that whip. Oh, yeah. And she has that little whip, you know. I just... <laughs> oh, gosh, she was fearless. She was scary. Well, you're, her blood is in you, and we're all the better for it. And I need to thank you for this conversation. Well, thank you so much, uh, Karen, Ma Sister Karen. Sister is the only word. With much love, love you. Same. Love we you. will be together again. The Asterix is brought to you by the Cleveland Foundation. The executive producer is Alan Ashby, with help from producers Tara Pringle Jefferson and Jay Williams of WOVU Radio. I'm Karen Long, manager of the prizes. Thank you for listening.